Welcome back to the All About Audiology podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and I'm so glad you're here for another All About You episode. If you're new around here, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Every other episode after the main episode, I do an All About You episode where I read your comments and reviews of the show, which are so, so appreciated and answer some of the questions that have been coming in on Instagram and on Facebook at All About Audiology Podcast. And I'm going to start by reading such a lovely review from Samantha3185, who writes, I'm enjoying your podcast. It's been encouraging as a hearing parent of a deaf child to hear from professionals. It's incredibly difficult to find unbiased research when making choices. I also personally like the perspective that deaf children can be bilingual with ASL, American Sign Language, and English, as this is what we have chosen for our son, and that it doesn't have to be one or the other. By using both at a young age, they'll have those skills when they get older to make those communication decisions. Thank you for putting this out there as a resource for us. Thank you, Samantha, for writing such a beautiful review, and I'm really glad that that message resonated with you, because from the beginning of this podcast, it's always my goal to give you guys the resources, the information, the things that you need so you can make the decisions that are best for you and your family. There is no one size fits all of, okay, you have to do it my way, whoever's saying that. You have to go into a one language program, either listening or spoken language, or it's totally deaf education and ASL. That's it. Those are the only two options. There are so many other factors involved. We've discussed this in previous episodes and we're having some exciting interviews coming up in the next couple of episodes. Part of my whole mission with this is to empower you that you are able to deal with whatever's going on related to hearing loss, whether it's a child with a hearing loss or an elderly parent with a hearing loss or your own journey with audiology, with whatever is going on for you in your family and your loved ones. And with information, with understanding comes confidence, self-efficacy. Self-efficacy means that you believe you're able to do things, that you believe you're able to learn something and then execute it. Very important part of the process is developing self-efficacy, both as a person with a hearing loss or as a caregiver or a loved one to a person with a hearing loss. Many parents of young children have to go through this process where they are also dealing with the entire hearing loss, but also how to take care of the devices hearing aids and cochlear implants and FM systems and batteries and cables and wires and all these things, they're complicated and there's a learning curve to understand how do all these pieces fit together. And so I made a really quick troubleshooting video. You can see it over on uh, Facebook or Instagram, but I'm gonna talk a little bit about why I made that video and why it's been received so well because there's this feeling that anytime there's anything wrong or oh, oh no, the hearing aid's not working, oh, the cochlear implant is doing weird lights, you have to run back to the audiologist, go back to the clinic or hospital. But what I wanted to show was a couple of easy troubleshooting techniques to try out before you panic. The simple ones like making sure the battery is fully charged or making sure you have a fresh zinc air battery. You might not know if that whole pack maybe is expired or the stickers came off or whatever the reason. So those are just some of the simple things. You don't know how many times when I was in an audiology practice, when I was doing my residency there, people would come in and it would be changing the battery. Oh, the hearing aid is working just fine or cleaning the tubing, 
changing the wax guards, any of these things that, you know, it's hard to keep track of all this new information when your real goal when getting a device is to adapt to the sound and to have the child wear the device for many hours or have the adult acclimate to it and and not reject it. So we have all these different goals in terms of hearing, but there's also this other piece of being able to maintain and care for whatever the devices are. There's drying kits for people who are in very humid climates or people who sweat a lot. It's just something that's come up a lot. And I wanted to share a couple more tips here in the podcast because this is the deep dive. One of the things that is really helpful is taking videos and pictures during your audiology appointment. When you have a fitting appointment for getting hearing aids or a cochlear implant activation or mapping, whatever the appointment is, you can take videos of how the audiologist puts the hearing aid into the ear, a 10 second clip. And then you have that information, not only for yourself to go back to and refresh, but also to share with the teacher or any other caregivers involved, like, you know, grandma, grandpa, the babysitter, whoever else is involved, they can also have the information firsthand as if they were in the appointment. If you take a quick picture of how the cochlear implant should be sitting, you know, how to get the coil underneath the hair in just the right spot. So using a photo or video from the actual appointment can be a really great tool later on to help you remember what were the different pieces, how did they fit together. Another thing is about indicator lights. Hearing aids and cochlear implants have lights that can flash to mean different things. They can mean there's a low battery, or they can be set to signify what program the hearing aid is in, or they can actually be turned on by the audiologist to be on continually. So we usually do this with babies and young children so their caregivers can see that the device is working and functioning before the child is able to communicate that to them. So because those lights are set by the audiologist, they can mean different things. And this is especially true in a classroom where you might have number of children who have different devices and all of their settings of the blinking lights are doing different things. It can be hard for the teacher and the classroom staff to know what those lights mean. And so a good idea is to make sure you know before you leave the appointment what all those lights and indicators and buttons mean, what do they do, how to use the remote, all these little details, if you can take a picture or just a quick note or find in the manual, cochlear implant manual specifically, have a little chart of what all the different lights mean. What, what are the different colors, if it's flashing or if it's steady. So then you can paste that into your child's notebook or have that information readily available to share with the staff at a nursing home or assisted living facility so that everybody who's involved with the care can know how to have the basic care for the devices, how to clean it, change batteries, how to know when there's really a problem. And I also talk about doing a listening check when that's possible for the hearing aid. And also with cochlear implants, there's like a magnet that you can put the processor on to see if the external processor is transmitting. So there are different troubleshooting things that can go on. And the important thing is not necessarily to know everything. I mean, that's what your professionals are there for, to help you, but to have a feeling that you aren't helpless, that you aren't completely overwhelmed with all the technical aspects, so that you can focus on what's really important, so that you can focus on communicating, connecting, being included, and including your loved ones in their life, right? So that's really the goal of all of this. 
when we hear reports from parents that their child wants the hearing aids as soon as they wake up, they right away go to them and, and point to their ears and ask for it, or that they are hesitant to take it off at the end of the day, right? These things where a child is showing us that they're benefiting from the hearing aid or cochlear implant, that they understand it's helping them, that switch, when that understanding comes about, it's really a wonderful stage to be in. And it puts all of the difficulties of the beginning stages into fruition when the user themselves appreciates using it. And I'll just share a very small anecdote of my very darling grandmother, who I went with her to her audiology appointment to get her fitted with hearing aids, long time coming for her. And after a couple of days, she calls me and tells me, it's so robotic, it's annoying, I don't like the sound, I can hear my shoes are making noise during the lecture, it was distracting me, right? So she was having a lot of the typical reactions to starting to use hearing aids. But I told her over the phone, listen, let's do a test where I'm gonna talk to you over the phone with the hearing aids and then without the hearing aids and you tell me if there's a difference for my voice. And when we did that, she said, oh, actually, that is clear. Oh, actually, I'm not straining to have the phone near my ear. So this is just a tiny illustration of when sometimes it needs to be shown or demonstrated to the patient why this is helping them or how they can focus on the parts that are benefiting them. And of course, over time, she has become more used to them and feels much more confident with them and, and feels like she's hearing more and more involved. The next piece of news that I put out this week was a video made specifically for all of you students out there, SLPs, AUDs, all of you guys in grad school, it is not easy. We have a whole episode about that where we talked about speech pathology and audiology graduate programs and how taxing those are and how intense they are, but also how much you come out knowing. So many of you on Instagram have asked me this question, at least five of you in the last two weeks. I have received questions from grad students asking me, do you have any tips for dealing with how many responsibilities you have in graduate school and also you want to have a life and also you want to be healthy and you know take care of all the other things in your life family and friends and socializing and and self-care and doing well in grad school there's a little visual demonstration in there so i do think it's better suited for video but i will share that top tip that i have over there and it might be a surprise to you but the answer to how to balance tons and tons of things in your life is to cut corners. I know that might surprise you, but really, this is the truth. There is no possibility of doing everything all the time, every day, and being able to stay on top of all your responsibilities. It's just impossible. There isn't enough time and there often aren't enough resources to be able to do that. So you're gonna have to cut corners. But the trick is that when you cut corners, you don't cut the same corner every time. So let's say I have a week and during this week I have to skip an assignment. The assignment is just not gonna be ready in time. I have other priorities. It's gonna be late. Okay, so I'm gonna lose a few points on that assignment for handing it in late. And later that week, I wake up super late. I am gonna be late to class. So instead of taking the bus, which is gonna cost me 250, then I'm gonna instead take an Uber, which is gonna cost me $15, right? So one time of doing this, okay, fine. So, you know, I had this unexpected 
expense but okay fine you know you came you came on time a couple days later you have a friend who you had scheduled to meet for lunch but again okay you missed that assignment so now you're going to skip lunch you're canceling on that friend and so every time you feel like oh no all these things are happening i missed an assignment woke up too late to take the cheaper transportation option i had to cancel on a friend but it's okay you're cutting the corners that make your life run the thing is you can't miss all the assignments in that class or else you're going to fail and you can't take an uber every single day you have to figure out a way to wake up on time go to sleep earlier do whatever you need to do so that it doesn't become a pattern where you aren't cutting that same corner every time because you're gonna have three or four hundred dollars on ubers in in a couple weeks if you are not going to take the bus right or if you keep canceling on that friend and you just neglect that whole relationship over and over and over again that's where the problems come so that was my tip and that's what's in the video you can go see how i explain it with little cutouts of a circle and a triangle and a square it's very cute <laughs> so i hope you guys are enjoying the podcast we have some exciting episodes coming up interviews with cochlear implant audiologists and more on the on that topic and an interview with someone who is a very big advocate of auditory verbal therapy. I think all of these conversations are something that you guys are interested in and I am doing my best to get this information into your hands so that you can feel empowered, so that you know you are making the right decisions once you have all of the information and you analyze it through the lens of your family, your location and your family structure and all the things that come into play for yourself or your child or your loved one, that's what this podcast is all about. Come and join me over on the Facebook group, All About Audiology. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and this is the All About Audiology podcast.